You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Two days from Patriots football. It's here. Oh, my God. And we just will have had a game on Thursday that, uh, well, we pre-recorded this, so we will not have talked about it. Forgive us. But look, let's talk to Patriots. I, should, I, should we do like the uh, the whole, whole, like, wow, can you believe the result of that football game that took place last night? Unbelievable. Wow. How, un- how, yes. <laughs> Oh, team X really I, took it to Team Y. Woo, yeah, <laughs> maybe I mean, we record wow. it, <laughs> Kyrie. Maybe we record it where it's like, uh, like, wow, what a win by the Bills, three, two, one. Wow, what a win by the Rams. And then you just edit yeah, it. Yeah, up. seriously. Know, oh yeah. my God! And did you see that one thing that that one guy did where he scored the <laughs> touchdown? Honestly, though, it's not. I mean, it's not even a guarantee that the touchdown is going to be scored, but a touchdown will probably be scored anyway. That voice you're hearing on the other side of the microphone—that is the one and only Nick. Fitzy Stevens of WEEI.com. You will occasionally hear him on the airwaves, especially now on the new Six Rings post-game show on WEEI that you can catch after every single Patriots game. Fitzy, what is going on, my man? You say TGIF as in thank goodness it's Friday. And for all of us who work from home, Monday is the new Friday. Tuesday is Saturday. The days blend together, but they all start weighing longer and stretching out as you creep towards the real TGIF. Thank God it's football. Because if I have to bid farewell to summer, if I have to say goodbye to my babies and put them back in school and get down to task bracks in the business we do that is uh, thorough, fun, enjoyable, long, gritty, and fulfilling, then I better make sure that it's for the sport I love. I, my wife, I, she and I talk about the fact that, and I'm sure you have similar conversations as do many others, both in the sport, the gladiatorial sport that we love so much, as well as those of, those of us who cover it and participate in the media around it. Sports brides, you know what I mean? Like She has me for six months out of the year. I give her the best I can for those six months. The other six months of the year, it's Patriots. It's NFL. It's football. It's like the old great Greek myth, uh, Hades and Persephone. She had her daughter for six months out of the year. That's when crops grew in the world. And the six months where we had cold temperatures, inclement conditions, and no fertile soil was when the devil took her, was when the devil took uh, Persephone to the underworld. Well, right now, my man, I'll tell you what, the crops are going to grow. The sun is going to shine. And we have football. (laughs) <laughs> I honestly, I love, because look, I actually have God's heroes and men. Like I read that in uh, what, in like high school or something like that. And it's actually oddly one of the books that my, that my wife and I actually both agree on that we like together. Uh, we do not both agree on the greatness of football season though, because she d- is, is not a, a sports or football fan in the slightest. So this is, this is a time of great consternation. But you know what? If I have anything to say about it, me and Maya, my two-year-old, we are going to get down with some football 
you know, especially some Patriots because, hey, that's the job. Now, okay, let's get into these New England Patriots. Yes, let's get into those New England Patriots. And and Kyrie, can I also just address the idea of like watching or taking in football with your children? Because I'm at a very interesting crossroads with mine. Mine are nine and five years old. Okay. And I named the eldest one Thomas. Uh, gee whiz, I wonder where the world's biggest oh, Tom huh, Brady huh, sycophant hmm. and Patriots apologist and Foxborough fanboy got that name from. The wife did give me permission to go with Brady. I thought that was a little, that was laying it on a little thick. So I went with Thomas, classic name. Everybody loves not, it. Thomas. Not Thomas did. Edward, though. You, no, nope. no middle name Thomas Edward. No. No, gave, gave him, gave him the grandfather, gave him the grandfather on the maternal side's proper name, middle name. That's William. And then my brother made me realize that I basically put Brady and Belichick in my firstborn's two names. So, oh, my gracious. Uh, the Foxborough runs deep in that one. But it, it's funny because. As he came of age to appreciate football, it was the tail end of Tom Brady, this guy his dad was obsessed with and talked about and made videos about and ultimately one day covered in a professional capacity. And so he loves Tom Brady. And so he asked me, before I took him to the in-stadium scrimmage that you and I were at this season, before uh, he's ever going to actually go take in a full game, he asked me, before I bought him his Mac Jones red throwback jersey, which Mac Jones ultimately signed at that scrimmage for him, he asked me to buy him a Tom Brady jersey, and I said, you already have one. He said, no, Dad, I want a Bucks one because he's still playing, and it hurt. It was such Oof. a dagger. It was like, son, I, I don't even have the time, let alone the, the emotional bandwidth to tell you how badly I want to, but I can't because I don't want him playing for our mutant cousins down in Tampa, and I don't want to see that around this house as well. You can root for him because I will always want you to appreciate his greatness because you may not see greatness like that again in this life. But as far as this household goes, as far as a team goes, you are going to ride the ups and downs of this Patriots team, the lumps that they will take, the growing pains we will both endure this season, just like your dad did growing up, watching Stevie Neck roll and Tony Eason into Tommy Hodson and Scott C. Kules, and then ultimately Drew Bledsoe, and of course, the greatest of all time. You know what? And so in in this house, we, we haven't really gotten into the Patriots fandom here, uh, though my dad, weirdly enough, we grew up in Chicagoland, so we've always been Bears fans and, and, and all of that. My dad has a Brady's Bucks and Brady Pats jersey. For what He just loves Brady, and even now he's just like, hey, so uh, when, when, when's Brady playing this weekend? I'm just like, dude, you got Google. Look it up. You know, yeah, but, right. uh, but I mean, okay, whatever. But, but she has, she has two jerseys so far. My daughter does. One's Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox. He's got mm -hmm. the, that so sick uh, uh, City Connect jerseys. Cause honestly, the, the White yeah. Sox are the best City Connect jerseys in the game. I don't know. No one even comes close. And then she's got a Justin Fields little jersey because I mean, oh. come on. That, 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 that hit tone for me. I mean, I can't, I can't help myself. I'm rooting from him for afar. Though, I mean, obviously, I won't be able to root for him, uh, what, week seven this year. Going to have to put all that aside. Be super They have objective. a professional conflict of interest exactly. as well. Exactly. And you can tell her, though, hey, if she wakes up uh, and has to use uh, the potty or needs a snack, she can listen to her dad as a guest on the Six Rings postgame show, which will probably be kicking off that night about 11.45 p.m. Oh, my so God. When daddy's yeah, tired on Tuesday, I know. Childcare for that day is going to be awful, especially since I'll be by myself. My wife's going to be in Switzerland, so I'm going to have to come back and 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 take her to daycare and do all that stuff. I'm going to be so beat. Might have to take that Tuesday off. But, okay, we're getting a little ahead of the horse here. Listen, 
we were talking about Tom Brady and how you're the greatest of all time. Well, Mm -hmm. that man is no longer here, and the Patriots are still trying to figure out who the hell they are and what the hell they are going to be. And the latest iteration of the post-Brady Patriots, not looking the greatest of the the noise from training camp and, and preseason has subsided a little bit from uh, you know, this summer, uh, but the last glimpse the Patriots gave us of what they're going to be in 2022, not inspiring against the Las Vegas Raiders. How are you feeling heading into week one now that we've gotten a little bit of distance from that? I took the majority of the spring to get fired up and convince myself, like I always do as an in-bill we trust guy, not the full bill apologist and defender that I may have been years ago because he did take the greatest risk or made the most emotionally derisive decision, I would say maybe in Boston sports history, by choosing to either not re-sign Brady, push him out the door, help him make his plans to go matriculate down the East Coast and go play for Tampa Bay. Packed his bags, you know, to to head on. Exactly. Took him to Logan Airport. Whatever, exactly. However Bill Belichick was involved, that will always hurt. But I want Bill Belichick's legacy to only carry the Brady separation as a footnote, as opposed to what it could potentially grow to become if the Patriots have as wonky a season as many are predicting. And that's now like an addendum, if not like a significant paragraph in the Bill Belichick coaching bio. Uh, So I defended him all preseason into the spring, into the early summer. I like, I talked myself into liking the draft though. My operative phrase of the year, Kyrie has been, Many things that Bill Belichick has done have been obtusely Belichickian. I know more. I know what's right. I make the decisions. Everything runs through me. I'm going to be able to take this second-year quarterback, take away his comfort blanket, take away the system and the security he knew last year when he thrived and became the toast of the town, took us back to the playoffs, easily the best of the six rookie quarterbacks, including Davis Mills, uh, who started games yeah. last year. I know Trey Lance didn't do not much. Close. Not, not close. Not close. He's, not he's close. I mean, he was furlongs, if not just head and shoulders and a Davis Mills neck ahead of everybody else. So now oh my God, he it. takes this away. He takes all this away, changes things up, tells you, I'm going to bring in a defensive coordinator and a former offensive line assistant to now be the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. I'm going to bring a special teams and wide receivers coach who's also a failed head coach to come in and be the other offensive assistant slash pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And the entire world says, these are bad decisions. You shouldn't do this. And when the world tells Bill Belichick to zig, he's obviously going to zag. Kyrie, personally, professionally, I need that zag to work out because my life is more fulfilling. My life is more enjoyable. My career is more opportunistic when Bill Belichick's zags work out for the benefit of the team the region, uh, Pat's nation and beyond. He tells you what he's always going to do, which is in the best interest of the football team. Well, I started doubting that best interest over the course of the summer as I first would play my hype man in my part-time role working for the New England Patriots and craft sports, telling the crowd to get fired up, working the Pat's peoples and just trying to gauge their level of interest and engagement, which I won't say it was tepid, but it definitely wasn't as fiery as in Foxborough years past. Then I would go sit over on Media Hill with the likes of you and Andy Hart and Giardi and Perry and Callahan and Dussault and Lazar and everyone in the Pats media cartel. And we all sat there, jaw agape. It was my first summer over there being uh, accepted, well, semi-accepted, if you will, into the media cartel. 
and watching this team, like this doesn't look good. And so here I am Kyrie right now, put it this way. I'm a big sci-fi and comic book guy. And uh, those are typically the kinds of movies that I, that I, I love or get most excited about. Can you remember the last time that you saw a trailer for a movie that you knew you had been hype about for the longest time? Maybe it's a sci-fi epic. It's a superhero action flick, whatever. But then you see the trailer and you're like, huh, <laughs> I don't know. I, that doesn't look as good as I thought it was going to be. I'm still going to I'm, I'm going to go see it. I'm, I'm first in line that week. I'm there Friday night. I'll fight the crowds. I'm buying my tickets in advance. I don't care what I have to drop on ticket, popcorn, parking, babysitter. I am there. And you go into it knowing like there's a chance I might not like this. Like I might have that, to give this a bad Rotten Tomatoes score. That's where we are right now, Kyrie. You and I have just parked the car. We are getting in the concession line for the movie we were hyped to see, but we did not love the trailer of. How's it going to play out? That's how I felt about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Uh, right now, okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not hating it so far, but definitely when I saw some of the trailers and heard some of the initial things, I was like, oh my God, I really hope this doesn't suck because that would really ruin my life. But look, you mentioned sci-fi. I referred to this morning, I referred to Bill Belichick as a mad scientist, as a guy who has been tinkering with the formulas uh, for winning NFL championships for so long that at this point, I mean, for whatever reason, Right. You know, think of him as a principal investigator in the scientific landscape. He maybe has some limited funding this year, but next year he might he might, you know, hit a hit a windfall. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't have the ingredients stocked to the, up the way that he wants, but he's still got to make that formula and still got to produce some science. So here he is sprinkling a thing in here and there, hoping that it doesn't blow up in his face. That's that's kind of how I, I feel about what Bill Belichick is is doing right now. This experience just feels crazier than it ever has before and i'm just wondering how confident are you that all of this will somehow work itself out that you know what maybe this is just all a process he's seen it and done it enough times to where he knows what's good he knows what's bad he knows how to make the little adjustments right at the last minute to, to stop it from slipping into disaster how confident are you that he can not only stop this from being frankenstein's monster in the end, but that this can somehow be a usable experiment later down the line. My confidence is not at an all time high, nor I won't say it's inflappable or it's 100% because there is no one, somebody who can guarantee any certainty beyond the beginning of a season, the end of a season, and then billions of dollars being exchanged through gambling apps, the purchase of salty snacks and adult beverages and, and, and uniforms and merch over the NFL. I can't tell you with any sort of guarantee that Belichick will have this completely figured out. Bill Belichick is a human being uh, as much as we all like to think that he is part of uh, that. We are all Sims and that he's like a robot or part of a greater football, artificial intelligence. Uh, he makes mistakes there, you know, from 2017, the super bowl 52, um, you know, the weird kickoff against Philadelphia in 2015, running the ball all the time in the end of the 2015 season, against Miami, costing them home field. Like he does curious things at times to either try to prove points or again, whatever's in the best interest of the football team. So my confidence right now is it's like I've given Bill Belichick a casino credit as a marker. Like I'm going to say I'm confident in you because you're Bill Belichick and you, 
yada, yada, yada. One more, no more about football. Forgot more about football today than the rest of us know. Right. Though he is, I mean, it's, it's definitely, he's putting his stones on the table right now. He's letting us all know, like, I'm going to take this chance and it's ride or die my style. It's my way or the highway. So I'm confident enough. And the reason why I'm confident in this particular iteration is not that he's got the planetary talent he had previously with Gronkowski and Edelman and Brady, obviously, or Moss and Welker, or on the defensive side, Bruski and Pfeiffer and McGinnis or Hightower or any yeah. of the other stalwarts you knew, Ty Law, the cornerbacks that could bail him out of curious decisions, difficult matchups, or whenever their back was against the wall. Rather, any rational human being, if they were football savant or not, would look at everything that has gone on. They would survey the talent they have. They would look at the opponents they have to play. And they would most especially crunch the numbers and look at the film from what happened this summer. And only somebody with like an insane disorder, a grudge or a weird point to prove would look at all of that and say, yeah, this is, I like the way this is going. We're going to keep doing it until we figure it out. Like it's funny in a movie when Roy tin cup McAvoy tries 15 shots to try to hit over the water and land on the green isolated in the water, 200 yards away to prove a point. And he gets 14 in the water, but on the 15th one, he sinks the shot and people consider it the greatest shot in golf history, though it's a fictional shot. That's fine and dandy. That's a movie. This isn't a movie. This is real life. This is real football with real consequences. And if they go out there and continue to try to do what they were trying to do with this offensive schematic shift, or at least semi-schematic shift with the talent they have against a turbocharged AFC East and a steroid-addled AFC overall, it's going to be disastrous. So you have to trust Kyrie. You have to believe in Belichick. You need to. You want to. He has to be on that wall or on that sideline. Having learned from what they tried this summer, realizing, okay, what we can't do is that. But what we can do, or at least try, is this. That's what I and many others, be we in media, in the stands, or watching from our home gates, that's what we have to believe, that Bill Belichick is the right guy to figure this out because he'll have seen what didn't work, and now it's not process, it's results, and this-ish better work time. You mentioned real consequences here. How worried are you that this could have real consequences? What they are doing on offense with the coaching staff, the scheme changes, how, how worried are you that this is going to negatively affect Mac Jones in a way that is going to harm his development significantly and stop him from becoming what he could be? The other day, Bill Belichick made a great pop cultural reference. Um, it wasn't that particular question, but Belichick replied by saying, you know, well, uh, that's the uh, $64,000 question right there. And everyone said, what the hell is he talking about? Because it's 2022 and the TV show, the $64,000 question has not been on TV for almost two thirds of a century. Great game show, iconic game show. Watch the movie quiz show um, with Ray Fine and Christopher McDonald and Rob Morrow. And you'll learn about uh, the $64,000 question and the scandals therein. Great, great show, great movie, etc. So this is the, to me, the $64,000 question, Kyrie, um, whatever it is for inflation now, I don't know. We'll call it the $150,000 question, the million-dollar question. The $6.4 million question. Exactly. exactly. Will, will Mac Jones be 
harmed? Uh, will he will his will his growth be stunted in any way by the curious choices in the coaching call it triumvirate cadre committee whatever? Will the personnel decisions made free agency wise and through the draft uh, enhance his statistics numbers and growth or will it hinder it? My answer to that is better damn not because priority number one all off season long for me knowing they went 10 and seven last season and 10 and seven, even if they crushed the draft and had a killer free agency would be again, given the way the AFC has just proliferated at an insane rate, 10 and seven, 11 and six would be optimal, would be, would be amazing for them to get back to because it takes time. Sorry that we were so spoiled in entitled town. It takes time to build a competitive roster, a perpetual competitor in the salary cap NFL. If you priority number one has to be, making sure Mac Jones doesn't get hurt by all this, but rather continues to show signs of growth and maturity, positive strides toward being a winner, a potential Super Bowl champion, and a franchise cornerstone quarterback. If Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, Billy Yates, anybody associated with this team does anything to or the people on the field to harm or hinder or stunt his growth this season, then they have done a massive disservice to the franchise, the team, the fan base, and ultimately the quarterback. Because even if they go 7-10, and 10, they play their asses off. They're a hard out every week. They make us proud to watch them, and we can watch knowing like they played their, you know, they played their balls off, and they did the best they could. Tough luck. Conference is great now. Mac looks like the real deal. Great. I would say this is almost a W of a season. I'm not trying to play participation trophy moral victory Monday here, but I would say that's good. They go like eight and nine, nine and eight, max stinks, and they just get lucky with a bunch of wins, or even go five, even worse, go six and 11, and Mac looks like crap. Then this season, then that would be to me, Kyrie, an abject failure. And you know what? I think that ultimately, regardless of what the win or loss situation is with this team at the end, Mac Jones is the most important piece to all of this. And I've, I've seen people say, you know what? It would almost be better. If the Patriots lost on Sunday in an epic shootout where they, they score 45 points, but they just like lose by a touchdown or something where the defense gets shredded. At the same time, your defense gets shredded. You just feel better about Mac Jones. To, to kind of start wrapping things up, though, mm -hmm. okay, look, they're going up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and a really souped-up Miami offensive attack with Tua Tungo Vailoa at quarterback. I don't know how you feel about him. But look, we've been talking all offseason about, oh, yeah, what are these corners going to look like? Are you going to be able to force a team to punt the next time you see them? And I feel like Sunday is going to be an interesting barometer for what we're going to see from this team going forward. If they can do well and hold up against the, the Dolphins, that's a good sign for that they could probably stick with just about any, any offensive attack in the league. If they don't do well, this could be a long year. How worried are you about the concept of, of going up against a Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Gesicki, Cedric Wilson in the slot. Highly Mostert, underrated Cedric back. Wilson. Yes, highly underrated Chase Edmonds, highly underrated Cedric Wilson. Like, go ahead and double uh, double Waddle. Like, give John Jones the chance to cook, which he often does against Tyreek, and double up Waddle, and then tell, uh, tell you know, Samoan Tebow, a.k.a. Tua Tungavailoa, go ahead and beat me with Cedric Wilson and Gesicki. He just might because you don't know exactly what you have in a defense here at this point. I'm extremely worried about it. 
And it's not because I think Mike McDaniel is going to come in and blow doors and come in as a better version of Shanahan and outcoach Bill Belichick because we have a pretty good working knowledge of how Belichick does against rookie coaches, regardless of the talent they have on the other side. Patriots have had a hard time with Miami. Two is three and zero against Belichick. Uh, although the Patriots do better in September in Miami than people think. It's often later in the season when they have their issues. When right. that Miami Heat is wildly incongruous to the weather that they they we endure up in the Northeast and in New England as well. Uh, am I concerned about it? Yes. Do I think it's an awesome litmus test and barometer for the Patriots to measure themselves against? Absolutely, because I'm anticipating Miami kind of going with a limited mistake, almost Josh McDaniels with Mac Jones 2021 approach to the way Tua plays this year. It's going to be a lot of short passes, a lot of pitch and catch. They put a lot of deep ball on tape in training camp in the preseason because they want coordinators and opposing head coaches and teams to know or at least think that's always there. So stretch us out. And then now we're going to stretch you out by running behind Taron Armstead, who they gave like $85 mm -hmm. million dollars to yep. an improved offensive line. Chase Edmonds is quicker than you think. Raheem Mostert, if you give that guy in a zone read or uh, a stretch run any room, he will take Done. it to the six-point house in no time at all. So it's a great test of your run game, of your gap discipline, of your new look defense with the linebackers and all these new corners. And so again, what is the what's the a win overall by scoring more points than Miami? Hell yeah, that would be awesome. And what a post game party we will have on Sunday. But if if in this game and going forward with the many different challenges, everyone from Pittsburgh to the Ravens to Green Bay alone in a shockingly difficult September po pose for the Patriots, things we have to get ready to see in what I think is going to be. And I know you and I had the same record prediction. Andy Hart had the same one. We all shared them on WEI.com today. Our radio station, everyone went from six and eleven to the highest was eleven and six. So no one said five and twelve, but no one said twelve and five. Nobody was saying AFC East. Long gone are the days of wake up in August and be like, oh, wake me when it's the AFC championship. It's a new day. It's a new age. So in this new day and age of Patriots football, Kyrie, I want to see us leave this season knowing, hey, this Raquan McMillan, another gem, another find by Bill Belichick. He's a stud. Oh my God. Barmore is becoming a force and a presence and a dominating factor on a defensive line that's better than advertised. Cole Strange, hey, he may not be Mankins yet, but he also wasn't a waste of a first-round pick. He's no Jordan Davey in his trumpet or trombone or whatever the hell the kid played. Um, and then I want to see that Mac doesn't take a step back. I want to see Ramondre turn into Le'Veon Lynch or Marshawn Bell or whatever sort of hybrid you want to call Love him it. of all of these great backs of the future. And let me know. Let me know that we got some keepers at corner. If Marcus Jones can play a number of positions on special teams and in the secondary, if Jack Jones is a real one who might give you 75% of JC Jackson, but at one-tenth of the price, again, these are small wins along the way in what's going to be an up-and-down season that you use as a building block towards the greater good of making this a perennial contender in the long game and not just trying to be satisfied by the immediate joy of like, Hey, they won more games than they lost. Oh, Hey, we made it back to the playoffs. Sure. We lost to the Bengals 37 to 10, but oh, that bell check up back to the playoffs. I would so much rather, like you said, they go eight and nine. They play their ass off every week. They make us proud of the team. And we know that they've got something going forward for 2023 and beyond. You know what? We shall see starting on Sunday where this is all going to be headed. I mean, as I mentioned today, though, 
in my in my column that you should be reading on weei.com. We're not going to know the, the the full effect of this entire thing until the end of the season. We got a long way to go, but that road begins on Sunday, and when it does, Bitsy and I will be watching, and you should once again be checking out the Six Rings post game show with Bitsy and Andy Hot on WEEI once the game wraps up. Bitsy, thank you so much for jumping on with me, man, and we will do this again. I'm fired up for the season. I'm fired up for everything that you've brought to the table, your podcast and all the contributions you've made at WEEI. We got a new post-game show. We're injecting some new blood and new energy into the listenership, into the readership, into everyone that and everything that is New England sports and sports media coverage. We're here for you. Uh, and, you know, and whether we're going to celebrate or commiserate, let's do it in this sort of new community that we're building together, Kyrie. Uh, keep on top of it. Keep up the great work and uh, keep me uh, at a speed dials reach because we'll need you soon enough on, on our pod, the post game show and beyond my guy. Yes, sir. 